You are listening to the Dump and Change Hockey Podcast. Real fans, real opinions. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for the second podcast here of Dump and Change Hockey Podcast. I'm Alex Dodge, joined by Garrett Hyatt and Tommy Carlaccini. Big day today, boys. How are we doing? Oh, doing pretty well. Uh, you know, I've been keeping up to date with all the trades and everything. Been an exciting day. Yeah, same here. Ready to dive into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's just let's get right into it. I know uh, we want to start off by talking about the uh, Vegas Golden Knights here officially becoming a, a member of the NHL. Hey, good for them. Ready to hire a coach. Who's it going to be? Do they get one now or do they wait till the end of the year? They got to get one now. I don't know. I think if they wait, they could they could get their hands on uh, maybe a current coach that will likely not have a job, whether they want that or not. I don't know. But, I mean, you got to think uh, there are a couple teams out there that will probably be letting go of their coaches uh, come playoff time when they're on the outside looking in. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you never know who's going to get fired, I mean, especially with the push of the playoffs, you know, teams not making it. Um, you know, it would be interesting to see. Um, all, all otherwise though, I think they should get one now. Um, you know, never too early to get one start, you know, getting the, getting the feel for the new team, thinking about strategy. Yeah. Coach bringing in a coach now would be huge. Cause, uh, it can kind of help you get an idea of what kind of a team you want to build so they can start kind of planning, uh, at least generally speaking. Would they have gotten Julian right away if he hadn't already been scooped up? I don't know. I don't know. I would. I, I bet you. I imagine they would have at least tried. I feel like they must have tried anyway. So right. I mean, they might not be able to actually hire him, but they must have at least reached out. Who knows if there's some tampering involved with that or whatever? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the rules around that. Maybe they can't, but I mean, I just feel like there must have at least been a conversation there. Yeah, there had to be something. In the end, he goes to Montreal. So here we are. Uh, let's see what big uh, what big trade do we want to start with. Should we start all the way back, uh, Ben Bishop? On Bishop? Uh, you know, I don't understand where Tampa's going with this one. I guess I get where they're trying to give their goalie of the future, uh, Vasilevsky, some playing time. But it seems to me like they're just throwing away their season. Um, you know, especially they traded Boyle away, too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's It's tough. It's going to make L.A. a very strong team in the West, especially pushing for a playoff spot now. Um, you know, Bishop already played a game against Calgary last night, lost 2-1 to one in overtime, but, you know, played a really good game. Uh, you know, King's offense just lacked the support he needed to get the win. Yeah, so, Jeff Carter didn't score, so they didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, so Kings have put the goals in the net. I think Bishop is a huge, you know, addition to the team. You know, splitting time with Quick, especially since Quick just came back from injury. So, you know, L.A. definitely won that trade. Yeah, and especially in a, in a time in Bishop's career right now where he's kind of been struggling. Uh, I mean, this season and as a whole, he's been struggling. Uh, sometimes that change of scenery kind of re-energizes a guy, and uh, all of a sudden they start winning a lot of games. And, I mean, he won, I think five of his last six uh coming out of uh before the trade so he was starting to come back into shape and then obviously the ot loss uh last night like you said um but only two goals against so uh he's definitely coming back into it i'm curious to see 
um, how him and Quick split time. I don't. I mean, it's not going to be split fifty fifty. Obviously, it's Jonathan Quick, but um, it should be interesting to see where they go with Ben Bishop. Yeah, I mean, two time Vesna finalist with a Vesna uh, winner. Uh, you got you got to think that's the best one two goalie combo in the league. If they're both right, if they're both if they're both playing the way we know they're capable of playing. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, true. John Quick looked good uh, in those two games he's played since he uh, came came back from injury. Like you said, Tommy Ben Bishop looked pretty good last night. Not going to be rattled playing there, I don't think. So I'm excited to see how that works out for them. Tampa Bay, obviously, we see the rest of the moves they made there. Yeah. Just acquiring <laughs> picks left and right. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious they bailed ship, which shocked it shocked me. But um, I don't know. I was surprised that Tampa decided to to go the direction they did. They're only sitting five points out of a playoff spot right now, so rebuilding year coming up. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily rebuilding. I mean, you still look at them on paper; they're they're a pretty solid team. Uh, Budai obviously, back too. yeah, Stamkos should be coming back soon, which is going to be huge for them uh, scoring goals. Uh, I mean, Budai obviously now to be a leader for Vasilevsky, who's just starting off his career to have a a leader like uh, Budai to look up to. And I mean, Budai's had a good season. Let's be honest. I mean, uh, oh, without Budai, yeah. the Kings are—they're <laughs> not anywhere near a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, he his numbers haven't jumped out at you like, oh my god, I can't believe this guy. But he did what he needed to do to get wins and and to help LA be in a position to make the playoffs. So. You got to give a little credit to Budai, and uh, we'll see how he does now in Tampa. And maybe Stamkos comes back, but um, I thought playoffs were definitely within reach for Tampa Bay, and I was pretty surprised to see them kind of jumping ship. We'll see. Maybe maybe they got a plan in motion that we just can't see. I, I would hope so. <laughs> we'll see. So also that night we got news that the Wild had gotten Hansel and goal-scoring machine Ryan White from the Arizona <laughs> Coyotes in exchange for a bunch of picks. Hey, how about Ryan White, though? Three points for the first two games, and then Hansel had two assists last night. Immediate impact. He looked good out there. Yeah. Throwing I mean, the body. It's, 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 I, I like it. I mean, well, I don't like it as a Hawks fan, but I like it from a hockey fan perspective. Yeah, I think this was probably – I think this was the best trade. The Wild made the best trade here – uh, of any that we've seen so far this season yeah um and obviously now the trade deadline's passed i think this is going to be the best trade uh minnesota with that one trade basically told the league look out we're going for the cup this year um yeah this year's our year they, they aren't waiting any longer they picked up two really really good centers from arizona white will be playing wing right but to have to have guys on the ice that can take face-offs. I mean, you got on right. icings, you can, you know, if you get kicked out of the draw, whatever it is, end of a game, a tight game when you need to win a draw. It's stuff like that that wins and loses hockey games that people might not realize. But these guys are two unbelievable guys. And uh, the Wild, I was very impressed with this, with this trade when I saw it come out. And it was... Uh, I mean, we all knew that the Wild were were playoff bound and were going to make some noise. But when I saw this trade, it was uh, pretty clear to me that this year they think this is their year. Feels good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of stinks. I know the Hawks would have wanted to get Hansel, 
for sure. Uh, get that third third line center, real strong one, two way center. But uh, goes to the Wild. Wild keep him away from every other team in the West that was looking at him. And yeah, I don't know. Like you said, this is their. They made a statement that they want it this year. Depth, obviously, a, a huge factor come playoff time. So um, to be able to have the depth to to roll four lines, especially when you're playing those road games and you know the crowds into it, giving the other guys the other guys on the other side of the puck some energy. If you can roll three lines and not have to worry about the matchups, that the home team uh, gets second change there. So if you can just be rolling three lines and have guys that can compete against the Ovechkins and all those guys, you're in good shape. That's funny that you mentioned the depth too, because with Parisi and Pominville both having mumps, <laughs> if the Wild didn't have these two guys, uh, they would have been hurting for skaters in these last two games. So they, it was huge to have these two. I think it was GM Chuck Fletcher said that they might have helped him get four points there by just doing that trade at oh, the time. Yeah. Everything happened. The way everything oh, broke, yeah. lucked out. Yeah, five points combined in the, in the two games. So, I mean, that's not that's nothing small. No, and I mean, we won't get too deep into this, but I think that's why being successful early in the season is so big. Um, we're obviously at the trade deadline now, so I don't want to talk too much about the beginning of the season, but the Wild put themselves in a position where, you know, if they lose a couple games because guys are on mumps, they can afford that. So that's that's why strong starts so so important. Yeah, well, Blackhawks are knocking on their door. They are. Winners of nine, nine of ten. Here, here they Wild come. I'll put a little distance between them, though. Yeah, well, tonight's going to be a big game. And the Hawks have a tough game tonight. Yeah, tonight's going to be a big one. You know, we got Darling starting, Crawford coming back from being sick. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't the mumps, so that's yeah. good. Kidding. But f- funny we mentioned the Penguins, though. I just want to bring this up. We're here we are. Trade deadline is passed. Marc-Andre Fleury is still a Pittsburgh Penguin. Similar to the Wild, I think that's a statement saying they want it again this year. Yeah, not surprised. Go for the back-to-back, you know, having two strong goalies. I mean, you know, Fleury obviously hasn't had the greatest season, but having two goalies that, you know, Murray last year now have playoff experience and winning Stanley Cups, multiple for Fleury, um, it's it's huge for them. And it's, it's another statement. They want it this year. They want to go back-to-back. Yeah, it's a two-goalie league. They got two really good ones. Yep, and you know they just had they got Ron Hainsey from Carolina, another solid defense. I like that move a lot too. Yep, that's that's a big one. So, but in a year in a year with the expansion draft looming, do you think this is going to cost the Penguins long term? No, not necessarily. I say they're going to protect Murray. Yeah, I mean they're going to protect Murray. That's that's a, a no brainer. But that you you got to think that Vegas is given. A very very good look at at flurry maybe the ben bishop uh deal over yeah, there bishop i mean doesn't stay. bishop doesn't stay in la next year i mean i just the the only thing i don't like about pittsburgh not moving flurry is now if they don't get the cup this year there's a good chance that flurry flurry will be wearing a vegas golden knight jersey next year and they will have gotten nothing in return for him well, I mean, you look at it with the Lightning, they could have gotten nothing, too. It's, it, it all depends on how these picks break down. Well, they did get Budai, though. So, I mean, you got to think that maybe what happened with Fleury is that too many of these bubble teams became sellers. True. And maybe there just wasn't as 
they didn't get the the price tag they wanted, so they figured we'll keep him and we'll go for the cup. Yeah, I mean, it's cer- don't get me wrong. It's certainly keeping a guy like Mark Andre Fleury as your backup is certainly not a bad thing. But I'm just thinking long term with the expansion draft coming up, maybe it comes back to bite him a little bit. But they could. I think I, I don't think they're really too concerned about that. Um, <laughs> you look at their team. Even if Flurry goes to Vegas, that's a Western Conference team. So yeah, that's we're true. We're gonna have to worry about it too much. I mean, who knows? Um, Vegas might not even want him. But I'm just and Murray in his prime. He's only getting better, and he's had an amazing year this year so far. So who knows? We'll just have to see how the playoffs go. I, I wrote about my I wrote my blog today about Oduya going back to the Hawks. That you know tonight's game could be a potential playoff uh, Stanley Cup final matchup uh, preview. So you know. Exciting games. We'll see. All right. Well, let's dive right into the Shattenkirk trade now because this is a big one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and as the other two teams that we've mentioned so far, uh, Shattenkirk to the Caps, another statement saying they want it this year, making their defense that much better, already having one of the best defensive units in the NF- in the NHL. Yeah, I felt I felt like this was kind of uh, Washington's response to the Hansel and White trade. Washington was saying, all right, Minnesota, you think this is your year. That's fine. You can have that trade. Well, guess what? We're going to bring in Shattenkirk. So I think they they got the message that the Wild sent and wanted to send one in return. A guy like Shattenkirk in a a Capitol jersey with the offense at that. I mean, it is just ridiculous how good the Capitals are. Him and Ovi were practicing one-timers today after after their (laughs) I it's gonna get imagine. it's gonna get ugly. They're gonna steamroll until they have to play the Penguins. Yeah. Oh man, the, another classic Crosby Ovechkin matchup. It's just like the Wild. They they can they could steamroll through the first round no problem, but if they end up having to face the Blackhawks, that's gonna be a great matchup though. I would be very. I I actually really hope that happens like i don't even care if the I'm, I'm thinking it will well, obviously I, in both obviously I, I would care. lock that in as the last four remaining i think yeah they've got to be you just know far and away blackhawks and wild teams. yeah they've got to be pulling away in the west and then clearly the caps and the penguins are just on another level and i mean we talked about this with the hansel and white trade um how the wild picking those guys up kept them away from other other Western Conference teams, and this Shattenkirk deal, is, you know, it's the same thing over there. I mean, I'm sure the Penguins or the Rangers would have loved a guy like Shattenkirk on their blue line, but the Caps pick him up. So another one of those types of trades where not only is he going to improve your team tremendously, but he's going to keep him off of an opposing roster. Yeah, that's huge too, much like the Hansel deal. But then, but then now what does that say for St. Louis? You know, what did they... They're currently sitting in uh, the second wild card spot, so how does that help them at all? I mean, obviously it doesn't. It helps but... them just in that they didn't lose Shattenkirk for nothing. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you know he was going to go. So after I think this it's something anyway. they felt like they had to do. Yeah, yeah, I think it was he no was one of the guys. Yeah, he was he was a big target coming to the trade deadline. Where he was going to go, I think was kind of up in the air. But I think everyone pretty much knew. He wasn't going to be on St. Louis's roster come trade deadline. Okay, so now, you know, St. Louis with or I mean with uh, Los Angeles, Winnipeg knocking on the door of St. Louis for the wild card spot. You think they hold on to it? Um, you know, all said and done now, uh, trade deadline's passed. I think, 
I would be shocked to see LA miss the playoffs. Yeah, especially um, with Bishop. I think they win a lot of games here. On yeah, LA. I think I, I would be shocked. I don't. I don't see Winnipeg. Uh, I don't see Winnipeg in the playoffs. But I think those final three or the the two wild card spots. That's going to be a really really fun battle to watch uh, between LA, St. Louis, Calgary, and then possibly Anaheim, depending on whether they slip out of their third spot in the Pacific. So. Yeah, they're in the middle of their bye week right now too, so you know, they've got you know, they're having some rest. Yep. We'll have to see how they play coming out of it. I mean every every team coming out of the bye week except for Columbus has lost, so uh Bruins. I think there are four oh, okay. teams maybe well, that have won. Sorry, no one really pays attention to the Bruins. Oh, interesting. So. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I think Anaheim, you know, I, well Gibson's on IR now. So it was tough to see if Bernier can uh, hold down the fort till Gibson comes back. Yeah, do we know how long is is uh, Gibson projected to be out? That, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Not yeah. sure because I mean that's that something that could be detrimental in a playoff run. I mean we we talked about goalie depth already uh, in this podcast, and it's a two it's a two goalie league. You don't have two goalies, you're not going to be successful. It's pretty simple. Um, Anaheim. Maybe not an extremely talented group, um, but certainly certainly a solid team. But uh, without a goaltender, I don't know. We're without two goaltenders. He should be back soon. I don't know. It's looking like he just ha- he has a sprain he's dealing with. All right. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's, that's good for them. I still don't see Definitely. Anaheim making a lot of noise in the playoffs, even with both of them. But uh, I mean, yeah, that that all comes down to can Getzlaff and Perry start scoring like they normally do. And I think they're two very good playoff players. Um, they have always seemed to pick it up once playoffs start. Yep, so, that's true. You know, once you Anaheim get in the playoffs, in. anything can happen. It's Yeah, Anaheim gets in. I think they might be able to make a little noise. I don't think much. but Well, the Hawks got Johnny will do you back. Which I love. Huge fan of that one. Big fan. Um Solid second line defense, and uh, you know, Jalmerson's on IR right now, retroactive to last Thursday. But once he comes back, and we got Keith and Seabrook as the first pair, Jalmerson and uh, uh, Oduya as the second pair, and then Brian Campbell and either Trevor Van Riemsdyk or Michael Kempney as the third pair. That is a very solid defensive group, you know. Might not be the best, but you got Oduya, who is a two time cup winner with the Hawks 2013 and 2015 who has so much playoff experience that is going to help the Hawks so much. Um, you know, we already got the young forward core, but our defense now, four solid veterans with a fifth veteran and, you know, a younger guy on the third pair. It's going to take a lot of pressure off uh, Dunks and Seabrook, who eat up minutes in the playoffs. Yeah, the the biggest part of that trade, I was just going to say that, the biggest part was is the fact that He's going to be eating up some minutes that uh, usually Duncan Keith is going to be on the ice for, but he can now take over that role. So you're right, he might not be out there wowing people, but uh, he's going to be giving Duncan Keith a rest, and that's huge for the Blackhawks, huge. Yeah, and and not to mention he knows the players, he knows the coaching staff. Uh, he's going to jump right back in. You know, There won't be any delay or any time of him getting used to the team and the systems. So it's going to be great. Yeah, I think he'll be solid. Never hurts to bring back a guy who's won multiple cups. So, No, 
Definitely not. <laughs> Already a lot of experience, a lot of cup experience, a lot of Stanley Cups won in that locker room. So, yeah. I mean, that, that, the Blackhawks are just a scary team all the time. But once you get into into the playoffs, it's like a whole different beast trying to trying to take out the Chicago Blackhawks. So, yeah, oh yeah, they are definitely a playoff team. The only the only thing it's gonna might be a problem is that the younger players in the forward group. You know, we got Schmaltz, a rookie, playing with. Taves and Panic, um, playing well, playing very well. Um, Taves has been killing it lately. I think it was like eight, 18 points in the last 10 games. But, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll just come down to whether or not they can keep it up and keep playing it at the level that they are. I think the, the rookie wall hits eventually. Um, hopefully it doesn't hit till next season. Yeah, but, I mean, you talk, we talk about experience that they're bringing in. So, I mean, is there a better leader in the league than a Jonathan Taves? I mean, it's it's crazy. So, um, yeah. to have him under a, a team full of experienced playoff guys, uh, yeah. I, I don't know, obviously they're rookies and there's going to be a, a learning curve there, at least a little bit, but I think, uh, on a Blackhawks team as experienced as they are, I don't think you're going to notice it as much as you would, uh, on other teams. No, I mean, it's, it's, I'm liking it. I think, you know, it wasn't the, the biggest help, but I think it would be a, on the defense is going to just, you know, it's going to make it that much better for the Hawks and better on the D for them to make it a deep run in the playoffs. You know, it's going to be exciting. And hopefully it comes down to Minnesota versus Chicago. That would be awesome. That'd be some good <laughs> old-time hockey. Solid seven-game seven round, seven-game series going into OT. In All seven. seven games over time. Unreal. Mm, I can see it now. <laughs> <laughs> so elsewhere across the league we got, Tommy Vanek heading down to Sunrise, Florida. I couldn't really tell where Florida was going. Um, it's not exactly a statement trade to me, uh, but obviously they're trying to do something. They're they're one point out of a playoff spot, so I, I was expecting maybe to see a little bit more to Florida. Um, and just to bring Vanek over was. Uh, I mean, I think it helps them, but uh, I was expecting something a little bit bigger. I don't like it only because, you know, Vanek has a reputation of being a bad teammate in the locker room. Not as, not as necessarily on the ice, but in the locker room. And I feel like, you know, Florida with Yager, Longo, you know, some of these, like, older veterans who are, you know, legends in their own name, um, you know, their locker room is probably really tight-knit um, place. And so I just think Vanek is going it, to it kind of disrupts that locker room presence that they have. Yeah, he might be able to help them on offense, but they've already got a pretty decent offense as it is. If he plays anything think, like he did for Minnesota, he won't help them on defense though. Yeah, that's that's the thing is I think they need more defense. You know, they got Ekblad, but he's an offensive defenseman, so he he gets caught up a lot and uh, I think I think adding a, a stronger defensive defensive player would have been better for Florida's playoff hopes. Yeah, I agree. So we've also got a legend, Jerome McGinley. Are the Colorado Avalanche being just being good guys here, trying to trade him to a team that has a shot? You know, I was I was thinking about that too. So in Jerome's time playing in Boston, I absolutely love Jerome McGinley on the way he plays, and he's one of those guys that oh, yeah. he he might not jump out at you on the score sheet anymore. But when yeah, anymore, yeah, that's true, anymore. Um, but the type of a leader he is and the type of player he is, 
Uh, that's the, he's the type of guy that you need on your team on your third line that's going to help you win a Stanley Cup. So Consummate professional. Yeah, I think that was huge yeah. for L.A., huge for L.A. to pick him up. Um, and he's no stranger to this, so I think he's going to jump right in there, fit right in, uh, and he's going to take this Kings team to the next level. Yeah, it's a big it's a big trade. Um, although the Kings, I don't, wouldn't necessarily say they're one of the fastest teams in the NHL. And you know, Ginla obviously on the back end of his career it isn't going to add a lot of speed to their offense. But you're right, he's going to have that veteran presence, and you know, he is going to fit right in, and he knows how to play any system. Um, and everybody loves him. I mean, I don't think anybody in the NHL can say they don't like Jerome Ginla. So I think you're right. That is, it is a huge addition to their team, and you know he has a lot of playoff experience and on his own. So yeah, that's that's it's the Kings are looking pretty decent right now. I think they're going to win a lot of games in the near future. Yeah, Ginla was one of is one of my favorite players of all time that I've loved to love to watch him. Excited that he'll actually be leaving Colorado because we all know how that's yeah. going. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's a sinking ship. How many years do you think again? Let's still got left in him. You I would think say this is I a, would say next might be. Yeah, it. I, yeah. I, I was just gonna ask you. You think this is kind of like a getting towards the end of the career type move? You know, going to a team that has playoff abilities and is close to a playoff spot. Yeah, he might just be trying to Ray Bork it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if this is cup. quite as similar as the Ray Bor. I mean, the Kings still got some work to do to get in the playoffs, but obviously they're in a really good spot. But yeah, I would say again, this probably got maybe one more year left in him. I think a lot of it depends on how he feels. Or I mean, look at uh, look at Yarmir Yager. He just he's never going to stop playing the game. It seems like uh, I don't know. I don't know if uh, Jerome is in the that same boat, but. If if they think they can play, they're going to play. Hockey's been a part of their lives and or really their whole life, um, so it's really hard to kind of turn your back on it. But he he does seem to be slowing down a little bit. So it'd be pretty disappointing if Jerome McGinley retired without a cup. You know, that that would that would be pretty tough. All right, weird news of the day. What's going on with Mark Streit? What's up with this? The way this <laughs> I... broke down. <laughs> The poor guy. I mean, I hope I hope that he was like told that he shouldn't get settled in. I don't. I think we can all agree that Philly's on a downward spiral this season, though. I don't know. They picked up Philpola. Mm, yeah, but I don't. I think it's too late for Philly. Their defense is I garbage. Think, yeah, I think it's too late. <laughs> and their goalies are trash. <laughs> Never mind that. Now Steve Mason got a shutout last night, but it it was against <laughs> uh, Colorado. So. Yeah, I think it's it's too little, too late from from Philly. I don't know what their plan is here or was or if it was even their plan from the beginning or if it just ended up happening. But uh, even if this was a plan from the beginning, I don't really see how this benefited them. Yeah, I mean, they just don't look like a good team this year. They don't. Besides Wayne Simmons, who's just getting better every game, that really they got nobody on their team that that really when when Boston plays Philly, I'm not worried about it. I don't even think Philly's going to make the playoffs there. I mean, they're only four four points out, but they're just, I don't know, they're just not a good team this year, you know, like you said. They just give up too many goals. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm looking at their stats right now. They, they're, you know, ne- minus 26 in goal differential. You know, that's not 
what you need in the playoffs. I think every every playoff team right now has a positive goal differential, except for the two wild cards in the West and then Ottawa in the East. But I mean, with all that said, the Flyers do kind of control their own destiny because uh, the rest of the way they got games against divisional divisional teams in Boston and Toronto, so uh, Ottawa. So they got an opportunity to to fight their way back into a playoff spot. But at the same time, they got to play teams like Minnesota, uh, Pittsburgh. I think they still have a game in hand with the Rangers, uh, the Caps. So um, if they do make it into the playoffs, then... Um, First round exit. They'll they'll have earned it. But I, I just don't see them making that final push. I mean, I even like Toronto over Philadelphia. I think they're just a better team. Yeah, and while we're on Toronto, Brian Boyle heading over to Toronto. So to me, that's Toronto saying we're making the playoffs this year. And I think that's exciting. Um, I am a Bruins fan, so I'm not a huge fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs, but I absolutely loved that move, getting Brian Boyle, an unbelievably experienced player uh, and a great leader, to come and take over a, a locker room that's pretty inexperienced and pretty young. Um, but living up to expectations. So I think Toronto makes the playoffs for sure. Most interesting part about this deal to me was how strike got flipped back over to Pittsburgh and how I'm not sure how the money breaks down and what was retained by certain teams and all that, but if I'm looking at this correctly, the Lightning net lost a seventh-round pick and Philpola. So they traded away a fourth rounder and then they picked up a fourth rounder for next year, not for this upcoming draft. So I'm just, I think this has to be something with salary cap because we know the Lightning have Hedman's huge contract kicking in next year. They got yeah pending free agents they got to take care of. Yeah. And they got to go out and find an, uh, another really, really good defenseman to play alongside Vic. Perplexing. Yeah. Wondering if Philly would not trade straight to the Penguins and then. The lightning kind of swooped in. Who knows? So that one's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said before, maybe not a rebuilding year, but I think uh, Tampa is definitely not focused on this season and no. way more focused on upcoming seasons and figuring out where they want to go with their team, especially with who they have. And we're seeing Pittsburgh go all in on uh, depth on the defensive end. They've got probably the probably second strongest offense in the league behind Washington. Yeah, I, I think making their defense better with Hainsey and Street, that's just huge. That's I feel huge. like they're building towards beating the Capitals. Yeah, yeah I think I think if you're it. Pittsburgh or Washington, you're building to beat Pittsburgh or Washington. Um, right. There aren't <laughs> yeah. many teams in the East uh, besides maybe the Rangers, Montreal, if they can figure it out, to be very afraid of. I mean, that's not to say that the Blue Jackets or Toronto or one of those teams. Like there are, there are certainly good teams in the East, but I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Pittsburgh and Washington are just so good and they're so experienced and they've been there before um, with the exception of, you know, maybe the Capitals and and the Stanley Cup final, but uh, just so many years of being, you know, maybe the President's Trophy winner and then not even get into the second round or stuff like that. I think I think that Washington is sick of that and they're ready to make that final push. So It's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm excited to see Columbus. This is the first year 
they've actually shown that they deserve to be talked about as a potential cup Stanley Cup final participant. Um, they're they're playing out of this world, and it's really fun to see Columbus, uh, the the city of Columbus, come together during playoff time. I remember their first time in the playoffs for a long time. I mean, it was just nuts in that building. Uh, and I, I honestly think just the energy that the crowd brought to him won him a couple of those games. So uh, now that they actually have some talent and have proven themselves against a lot of teams, uh, I'm they can definitely make some noise. Adding Kyle Quincy was big for them too, I think. Yeah. He's yeah, a pretty definitely. solid defenseman. Well, that about wraps up the biggest trades, I think. Pretty exciting, though. I feel like this is the most action we've had. In a few years. Yeah, yeah definitely have. in a few years. Like maybe not the biggest names traded, but I felt like felt like I was glued to the the tracker all all day today and for the past couple of days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what was interesting to me is just trying to figure out which what teams are what their expectations are for the rest of the way. So uh, on that note, let's just take a look at some bubble teams whether we got them in or out. Well, why don't we why don't we start over in in the West? So. Your bubble teams, I'm going to stretch it a little bit and just include Dallas just because I can. Um, Dallas, Winnipeg, L.A., bubble teams, in or out? I say in for L.A. Who com- who comes out? St. Louis. St. Louis drops out. Hyatt, who you got? L.A. in, St. Louis out. Do you agree? You got St. Louis dropping? Yeah, I don't think they're going to stick around. You think Calgary stays in? So that that's what I was going to bring up is I, I do. almost have LA in Calgary out, but it's hard to say that when they're six game, six points up. Uh, but at the same time, LA has a game at hand. St. Louis has two at hand, so um, that six quickly could become two or four points out, depending. But um, that's true. I think we're all in agreement, though, that L.A. gets in. Yeah, I think L.A. gets yeah, in. I think, I think L.A. gets yeah. in. Yeah, I like Calgary staying in just because when we get to this point of the year, it becomes really difficult to start climbing the standings. Yeah, That is true. Yeah, Even with games at hand, it gets tough. Winnipeg, Winnipeg's too far back. You know, yeah, I don't I don't even think – I don't. Winnipeg doesn't out. jump out at me as a team that's even going to come, come close. Yeah. I think they can No, I think they'll put. falter down the stretch. So from a not-as-jumbled Western Conference, now let's look over to the East where you have, I mean, depending on how far you want to go down, you could maybe include Buffalo, but I'm, I'm going to put draw the cutoff line at Tampa. So you got Tampa, Philly, Florida, and the Islanders. Who we got in, who we got out? You got to think the Rangers aren't, aren't coming out. No, yeah, they're locked I think, into that first season. I think yeah, pretty much the Metropolitan no in New York – are that's how it's going to stay maybe there might yeah. be some trend some switch of who's going to get a wild card versus a divisional spot but i don't think those four teams drop no I mean, no you, chance you gotta look at it they're all 80 plus points and no other team in the east has 80 so there's no chance that changes so i think honestly i think the islanders get in over toronto i'd like to say florida but i think the islanders you know they've They've been actually having a pretty decent season. Uh, Thomas Grice, he hasn't had the the best few games recently, but he's been playing very well for them ever since they got rid of Halak and made him the full-time starter. So I think it really all comes down to if Matthews can keep scoring. Um, you know, he's tied with Patrick Laine for the lead in rookie goals. Um, it's just 
I think the Islanders have a better team, and they have playoff experience a lot more than Toronto does. I think Toronto's going to be in. Yeah, so I have Toronto in. I actually have I have uh, Ottawa out, I think. And I'm going to go ahead and, and buy the Florida Panthers making making the playoffs. Yeah, I think that Ottawa or Boston, I think only one of those two teams is going to make it. I can't can't make up my mind right now, but I agree with you. I think Panthers will get in over one of those two. Yeah, I, and I think and Toronto, I like Toronto actually, I think Toronto ends up in uh, a divisional spot. And maybe in Boston or Ottawa, maybe drops or Boston drops to a wild card or maybe even the the last divisional spot. But I just Toronto's too good, I think, to to count out of the playoffs, especially after adding Boyle. Goaltending sort of a question there, but it's been working for him. So I like the Islanders, but I think Florida Florida takes advantage and sneaks in. Yeah, I mean, I've got Ottawa staying in. You know, they just got Craig Anderson back from his extended absence, you know, personal reasons. But, you know, he's he's a good goalie, and, you know, they got Carlson. They got, you know, a young offensive core. I think they're going to be pretty good. I think they stay in. I like the moves they made at the deadline, too. Shout out former UVM Catamount great Vic Stahlberg. Yep. <laughs> Bringing Fast. in a lot of speed, yep. good size. I think that's going to be a, a key pickup for them. And obviously they had Burroughs come in also, which – I mean, take that for what you will, but it it seems like the the Senators are expecting to be in the playoffs, and anything less is probably going to be a disappointment for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's certainly a a fairly bold prediction to say Ottawa drops out, but um, I don't think Toronto drops out. And honestly, I just kind of don't want Ottawa to be in it, and I would like to see Florida. So I think Boston Boston stays in though. They've been playing too great lately, and I don't. I think they're going to keep playing well. Uh, I think they had their slump of the season already. I think getting rid of Claude has kind of helped the offense find itself again. I mean, Claude just stresses such a defensive and puck possession game, and I just don't think the roster the Bruins had played played to that. And now the, you know the defensemen are jumping into plays. You see guys like Colin Miller scoring goals. Dan O'Chara was dangling the other day, scoring goals. Even Adam McQuaid has scored some goals. So I think they've kind of found a a new identity under Bruce Cassidy so I don't think they drop out either yeah me neither all right so we got so that means we got Calgary and Los Angeles for the wild card in the west and what do you say final answer to wild card I got uh I got the Rangers in Florida Rangers obviously Rangers Rangers in Florida Florida. yeah I think it Rangers Florida too and then I got Montreal Boston and Toronto in the Atlantic I'll take Montreal Ottawa toronto because i'll never root for the bruins (laughs) (laughs) i like that all right well i know uh trade deadlines the big news and maybe the stadium series is is kind of the old news now but we did just have a stadium series game over in pittsburgh we don't really need to talk too much about the game we all know what happened in the game but um what are your thoughts on how many outdoor games the nhl is putting on now I'll let Hyatt start with that one because, you know, I'm a Blackhawks fan and they're always outside. So That's yeah. a very good point. Yeah, so, I'll let someone else go. <laughs> they're they're kind of abusing it. Seems like it's a, a pretty big money grab. I mean, we all enjoy them, but there's something special about just the New Year's Day game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but Also, with more games outside throughout the season, that means that you don't just have to watch the Blackhawks. Yeah. Or the Penguins. That's or true. the Flyers, even. They've been outdoors yep. twice at least, yeah, including one Winter Classic. I mean, the Wild got their first outdoor game last year in 
obviously being a little bit of a homer, but I mean, it's the state of hockey and you just finally had one there and it wasn't even the winter classic. Destroyed the Blackhawks too. So that's why yeah. I'm also very excited about having the Wild and Hawks towards the top. Next year, yeah. they got to make that the winter classic. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the problem for me is, you know, when they first came out the winter classic, I, I mean, I was so excited for that first winter classic. And I mean, that was the, perfect, it was amazing. That was the perfect outdoor game. That could not have gone better for the NHL. You got the snow coming down. You got the biggest names in the NHL out there. I mean, it was unbelievable. It gave me chills to watch that game. And I love the idea of the winter classic. I think it's so cool to have places like Fenway, Heinz field, those types of places host hockey games because you just don't see that very often it gives you a different look at the game it brings the players back to when they were younger it's just awesome but then you start throwing in three four outdoor games and now all of a sudden the novelty kind of wears off I, I just think that they're overdoing a little bit I like the idea of having an outdoor game maybe in like a Florida or California where you know maybe there's not a lot of buzz around hockey and they're trying to pick it up that um, I understand too, but I think, yeah. but I think just the one is fine every year, and having one stadium series and one winter classic is is plenty. Have a warm climate and then a, a actual winter classic, but uh, yeah. to have four outdoor games in a year, it's just too much for me. For me, my I mean, obviously, I have a pretty bloated opinion because, like I said, the Blackhawks are you know every single year getting an outdoor game, whether it be the winter classic or a stadium series. But I think. This move by the NHL is, you know, 100% focused on the, you know, non-diehard hockey fans, um, the people who, you know, are just getting into the sport or have known about it for a little while and needed that extra little push to get into it. Because everybody, like you said, everyone likes watching an outdoor game, but you know, the three of us playing hockey our whole lives, it, it for us, it's you know, it's a little too much. You know, there's what, four or five outdoor games a year. Um, yeah, I agree with you. One or two would be nice, but even with one or two, you're still going to see the Blackhawks in almost every year because they're the teams that are popular. And well, the yeah, teams that are going to attract. I mean, you got to market fans. your product, so I understand why they do that. But and so with with on the other side, with the more stadium series games per year or outdoor games per year, uh, more teams get to participate. Yeah. other than just the very popular ones. Yeah, I mean, in the end, the NHL is a business trying to make money, so I understand it, and I like that they're trying to, uh, you know, further the game and get more people interested that might not otherwise. But for me, the just too many outdoor games. I think they got to cut it down at least a little bit, maybe three. I like two. I like yeah, I'm 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 in with dogs. I'm in with two, but you go the traditional day, market. New Year's Day, Winter Classic, and then I like the idea of having it in the warm weather climates one other time. Yeah, Florida, California. I was looking at the stats. You know, if the season ended today, who do you give the Calder to? Line A or Matthews? (sighs) Matthews, playoff team, and he's been a big part of it. Yeah, I've got Matthews as well. I don't think it's much of a question, but I think that a lot of awards, people look too much at solely the stats, but I think I got to agree. Without Matthews, Toronto doesn't make the playoffs. It's plain and simple. But then you also you can look at that the same way without line A. Winnipeg doesn't even have a shot for a wild card spot. That's true. I mean, you know, that, I mean, they're it's both true, they tied, but... tied for thirty one goals, and I think line A has what like six or seven games in hand on Matthews. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, unbelievable what both of them are doing. Yeah. But, um, I just Matthews has been more of a standout player. He's been more. I think he's. I mean, he's still a rookie, but he's played more like he's a veteran than I think line A has. I think Matthews is kind of 
taken more of a leadership role than Line has. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. And what I really like about Matthews is, you know, a lot of the times when he scores, he doesn't really showboat, celebrate too hard. You know, he acts like he's been there. Yeah, but to each, to each his own. Some people love that kind of stuff. I mean, look at back when in Ovechkin's crazy days when uh, when he was celebrating like uh, he just scored the game winning goal of overtime in Game Seven. So. Well, that's Ovechkin. He's a crazy Russian. He's his whole life. Let's be honest. All right. Well, that's all we got here for Episode 2, Dump and Change Hockey Podcast. Make sure you're keeping up with all the latest and greatest hockey news at dnchockey.com. I'm here with Garrett Hyatt and Tommy Carlaccini. I'm Alex Dodds. Have a good night. Later. Be sure to visit us at dnchockey.com, your home of Dump and Change Hockey. Real fans... Real Opinions. Yeah!